Hello and welcome to the Excel Against the Odds podcast. I am your host, Sarah Berton, a chronically ill business mentor for business owners with chronic illnesses. I balance running multiple businesses, living with several chronic illnesses and raising my family. In this podcast, I tackle the complexities, everyday challenges and solutions of working with a chronic illness. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Excel Against the Odds podcast. I'm delighted today to be joined by Amy Waters, the award-winning founder of Bloom Creative. Hello Amy and welcome to the Excel Against the Odds podcast. How are you today? Hello, thank you for having me. Yeah, really good, thank you. Brilliant. Well, can we start by asking if you could give us an introduction of who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Amy. I'm the founder and lead designer of Bloom Creative, which is a design business based in Kent. And we support local and national businesses with a range of services that enhance their brand and get them seen and remembered. So that's things like quality digital content, eye-catching print design and bespoke branding and brand refreshes, kind of a whole range of design and branding services. Oh, amazing. And are your clients mainly other small businesses or do you work with other organisations as well? Yeah, so it can be a range. So I have a couple of small businesses, even one around the corner that I can walk over and have a meeting with um, and some bigger, more national um, businesses as well. So a nice range. Amazing. And how long have you been doing that? So I started freelancing in 2018, which what's that about five years ago and uh, I then I was doing that part-time alongside other jobs and then in 2021 I went fully freelance and after that uh, I did that for about a year and then I launched Bloom Creative so I had been kind of freelancing under my own name and then I yeah launched Bloom Creative November 2022. Amazing and I know that you have some chronic health conditions if you feel comfortable, would you be happy to share with us about your health conditions? Yeah, of course. So I had an interesting diagnosis journey, actually, which meant my conditions have changed name strangely a couple of times. So initially, when I went to the doctors, I went because I was having joint pain and I was really tired. And this is when I was sort of around uh, 12 and into my teens. And they said I had to wait until my 18th birthday to go in and be referred because if I joined the list as a teenager, I still wouldn't have got to the end to be seen. And then I would have had to rejoin the adult list anyway. So 7.30am on my 18th birthday, I was down at the doctor's. I got referred to a rheumatologist and they diagnosed me at the time with joint hypermobility syndrome slash also known as Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. Um, and so it was a bit of a wishy-washy diagnosis. So then um, 2021, I went to see a different rheumatologist um, because I'd kind of been discharged and had, you know, had physio and stuff, knew I had chronic fatigue, knew I had some sort of hypermobility condition, but needed some clarification. And it was in that consultation that he diagnosed me with hypermobility spectrum disorder, which is what they now call joint hypermobility syndrome because they've changed it um which is borderline Ehlers-Danlos so it's kind of become quite interchangeable um even professionals can't agree at the moment 
and then fibromyalgia and postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome which is the hard one to say and um, essentially they're kind of all linked and mean that I have joint pain, muscle pain, fatigue, can feel quite heavy some days, especially with the fibro. And then with the POTS, um, I don't get quite as dizzy and faint as you can, um, but I do feel it in the mornings. So I have to get up really slowly, otherwise I can be physically sick. Um, and I have to sort of pace myself throughout the day. If I sort of stand up and feel a bit woozy, I need to pace myself. So yeah, nice little collection, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> Those, yes, those conditions generally do go hand in hand, don't they? It's uh, it's quite surprising how many people I meet with that combination. And I, I, I myself have the Ehlers-Danlos and the POTS as well. So I know it very well. And it's so difficult to get diagnosed as well. It's quite a journey to get there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then even when I was there, it was sort of so wishy-washy I had to go again. But we got there eventually. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> and are you finding you're able to manage it quite well these days now that you understand the pacing and and management side of it yeah definitely now that I understand more and I also have like more years under my belt I suppose like kind of since turning 18 so I'm sort of mid-20s now so I've got more of that life experience of knowing how you know what can trigger a flare-up and what can help and just I think just experience helps so much as well as um the medical side of things Absolutely. And I think it's about paying attention to your body and, and listening to what it's asking for. And then once you start getting into a pattern, you can really start to understand what you need to do to be able to look after your, your health in a better way. I think yeah. um, that was definitely been a journey for me, particularly with things like diets. It took me ages to work out that I was having sugar crashes. And um, since I've worked that out and have been able to understand it and and apply myself to that, it's it's made a whole world of difference. Oh, wow. That's so interesting, isn't it? Like all those different kind of things you wouldn't necessarily think of. And then once you realise, it's like, wow. So for me, um, I started taking turmeric as a kind of supplement and that never crossed my mind before until somebody close to me started taking it and it really helped. And it actually changed my life in a way. So I've kind of not really been one for extra vitamins and everything. Um, I kind of try and get it all from my food. Don't judge anyone who does, but I've never looked at it for myself. And then when I tried this turmeric, I took it and took it for a month. And without thinking, I'd just run out and I crashed so much. And I was like, wow why am I crashing and then I realized then that I'd stopped taking the turmeric so it kind of wasn't even a placebo effect it was definitely helping so that's one of the things that I added and found made a difference too. Oh fantastic maybe I need to ex explore that a bit more I did try it for a while but I it just the tablets I was taking didn't agree with me so possibly I need to try a, a smaller dose one but if sounds like it might be worth trying again. <laughs> yeah yeah it could be. Brilliant. What were the main reasons for starting your business? Was it anything to do with your health or would you have started your business anyway, do you think? Yeah, so I think um, a lot of it was around my health naturally. So running your own business gives you that flexibility that you need to kind of manage your own health. Um, when I started freelancing in 2018, it was kind of filling the gaps between different um, jobs and roles and stuff. And then as I did it more and enjoyed it more and realised I could be flexible with it, it definitely played a part in me launching, like going full time freelance and launching Boom Creative. Um, the other thing, though, as well, that played a huge part in me starting my business was 
uh, kind of family stuff. So we had a few losses in our family in quite quick succession when I was a teenager. And since then, as a family unit, um, so like mum, dad, sister and myself, we are really close and quite tight knit. Um, we spend a lot of time together and we really appreciate the time we have together because we know what it can be like to lose that. So that was another part of starting my business and taking it further was being available when somebody needs support at an appointment or wants to meet you for lunch or you know that kind of flexibility to go yeah that's okay because I can work in the evening and I can come and see you during the day um that was kind of a hugely important thing um and I suppose you, you can manage your mental health a bit better when you work for yourself although you can burn out but if you're keeping an eye on it that means you're also able to sort of you know be there for others and feel better in yourself so a few different reasons but health definitely was one of them yeah oh, brilliant and I think I should say the flexibility of having your own business is amazing isn't it it's, it does allow you to adjust depending on how you're feeling and how other people um how much support they need from you as well so that that is um, a brilliant reason to start a business I think yeah and do you yeah. find that working um for yourself works well with your health condition yeah because of that flexibility like we're saying um so I can not only change the hours and the times of day that I work which works well with my pots so um that's the postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome um we call it pots because it's easier um as you know but uh with that I need a slower start in the morning so I have that flexibility to wake up a bit you know get up a bit slower um have breakfast a bit later and get started later but then I'm more productive in the afternoon because of having that flexibility in the morning or um the flexibility of where to work so I don't have to factor in an hour of getting up having a shower, getting dressed, brushing my teeth, having breakfast, not necessarily in that order, um, and getting out of the house and commuting to somewhere before then sitting in an office and, you know, having to socialise. But I can just literally roll out of bed, still be in my pyjamas, pick up my laptop and sit on the sofa and work on days that I'm finding it really tough. And that flexibility too is huge because, um, well, I imagine you've spoken about the spoon theory and stuff before on your podcast, but essentially it's about the amount of energy we have to spend that day and if I haven't got much energy I don't want to be wasting it on getting ready and commuting when I can just sit on the sofa and channel that into work so yeah. Brilliant it is so useful isn't it to be able to manage your energy levels in that way and adjust your work around those. I think I think likewise I have days where I have lots of energy and can get a lot done but other days it's it's really difficult to do anything but as you say, just, just being able to pick up a laptop and do a couple of things means that you are achieving something. And that, that can be really helpful for your mental health as well, knowing that you haven't to spend the whole day in bed. You've actually been able to do a couple of things. But even so, sometimes you do have to spend the whole day in bed and that, that's the way it is, isn't it? It's uh, not much you can do when you've got a, a difficult chronic condition. Yeah, absolutely. And not having to explain yourself to somebody else to say, I'm calling in sick again today when you know that if you just take the morning slow you might be fine by the afternoon or you might not but you're answering to yourself and that makes it kind of even easier on your mental health than answering to someone else absolutely it really does doesn't it I think it's it's so hard to have to be constantly explaining yourself to other people particularly if somebody hasn't experienced it themselves it's very hard for them to understand what you're going through and I think it's particularly the case if you've got a hidden 
illness because it's very difficult to see that you're not very well when you look perfectly normal yeah yeah and I think we're quite good uh us chronic illness people at hiding when we're struggling because we're so used to being determined to carrying on and so we'll put a bit more makeup on when we're feeling a bit more rough so that when we're out and about it's not as obvious because sometimes we don't want to be reminded of how rubbish we're feeling but that does then make it harder for people to see when we're struggling because it's so hidden um And I think until you really understand it from either learning about it and talking to people about it or experiencing it yourself, it's hard to grasp kind of what a hidden disability is and how it affects someone. Very much so. Definitely. And do you find any challenges from working for yourself with a chronic illness? Is there anything that you find particularly difficult? I think probably just that that thing that people with chronic illness find difficult whether they run their own business or not where if you do slow down for rest you start to tell yourself that you're being lazy or you tell yourself you're not being productive enough and the inner voice in you goes yeah but are you really ill or not and of course you're ill like you feel like you've been hit by a bus and you're trying your best to do anything you can to work that day and sometimes you just need to put the tv on or you know have a bath or sit outside and have a rest but you you fight that inner voice of but you know you're running a business and you could do so much more and then you get on LinkedIn and you see all these people going here are 10 ways to get more leads and you think well if only I do a few more of those am I just being lazy um I think that's probably one of the biggest battles but I think that happens for anyone whether they're running a business or not absolutely I I think you're completely right I think when you run a business you put so much pressure on yourself to be doing all the things and yet it's so important to listen to your body and take that break if you need it 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 is so hard because you do often feel like you're being lazy but if you can take that break then your work is going to benefit from it in the long term and if you keep pushing yourself through then that's when your work starts to suffer because you can't maintain that that pushing yourself through difficult health days so having that break is is important but it doesn't stop those voices in your head does it yeah yeah definitely and I wrote a a LinkedIn post this morning actually where I was saying that there are some real perks to having someone who has a chronic illness um who's kind of providing services for you because we do understand that need to rest on such a deep level so that we are our best selves for our clients to the point where we might juggle things around so if we know we need a website update for our own business, but we also need to do something for a client and we've only got energy for one, of course we will prioritise our client's work and give them our best self in that moment. So I think, and there are so many more that I listed, like we're really determined and we have such passion for helping other people and stuff. So um, whilst some of our struggles are really difficult to overcome, actually sometimes that makes us a better business owner and service provider too. Very much so. I think that's completely true because I think if you have got a chronic illness and you've had to overcome a lot, there's a a certain amount of resilience and determination within that, plus the ability to adapt and change when necessary as well. And those are all brilliant skills to be bringing along to a business and to your clients. So that was a great post that you wrote on LinkedIn. I read it earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Brilliant. And are you able to integrate self-care into your daily life, would you say? Yeah, so um, my self-care tends to be food. 
I'm a huge foodie and I think some of that comes from the creative like you can make whatever you like and then eating food is always a nice experience um well for me anyway and I think also it gives me energy so when I'm low on spoons sometimes I just need a little bit of you know food piece of fruit something and it will it'll give me some spoons back so my self-care tends to be a little bit food orientated so that's like um I'll make a cooked breakfast in the morning most mornings will be a cooked breakfast and then uh, in the middle of the day if I need a bit of an energy boost or a bit of a mental health boost I'll do myself some melted chocolate and I'll dip fruit in it um so I kind of have like my food routines that become self-care um but aside from that resting so not being too harsh on myself if I am just putting Netflix on or Disney plus and just zoning out and watching something um being with people I love so spending that time with the people where you can just be yourself like turn up almost in your pajamas and just chill out together um and ultimately traveling so that's not a daily self-care but I try and fit that into my year so that I've got that break away and somewhere to explore and kind of feed my yeah desire for new experiences um so that when I'm in my normal day-to-day I've got that to either look forward to or to remember amazing and I love the fact that you use food as part of your self-care in a, in a really healthy way because food does really often really help with the nutrients and everything with your chronic illness but it's also very soothing and your your brain knows that you're taking care of it so that is a really good thing as well um so yeah I love that and travel is definitely a great thing if you can do it as you say it's something to look forward to or something to reflect upon afterwards that's that's brilliant yeah yeah and I think also on the food thing it's not just the kind of like you know feeding your brain and everything amazing but also I suppose you're feeding your brain in terms of giving that space like when you're cooking you don't tend to be scrolling or doing something else you're just you know you're cooking and making and your brain can be thinking and that's another way that I suppose you feed your brain with the space it needs sometimes to process yeah it's a really good point it's a very mindful activity isn't it as well as eating it as well can be very mindful if you're paying attention to the taste and the smell and the textures and everything so that, that is brilliant for your brain isn't it to calm it down and and just really focus on the moments yeah definitely and I imagine um, with a condition like POTS, you have bad health days and bad health weeks sometimes. How do you deal with that? Yeah, so I am really fortunate enough to have a really amazing support network of people. So um, they just get it. And some of those people are um, family. So like my mum, she just gets it. She battles some um, chronic conditions herself. And so she gets it. But also I have a few great friends who get it and some people in my business network get it. So that can help practically. Um, I have a colleague who we call ourselves trusted non-colleague colleagues. And so we both have chronic fatigue and chronic pain and stuff. And when one or other of us is just struggling with that brain fog or having those fresh eyes to look something over before sending it to a client, we'll send it to each other you know provided it's it's never anything confidential but you know that kind of quick social media post design would you mind having a quick look over make sure I've not made any sort of faux pas and um, be that sort of support to each other and we call it second eyes so that's that's something that you almost 
it's almost great that she gets it on such a level that we give and take in that way rather than just constantly asking someone for support um and so I think that's one of the ways I deal is to kind of lean a bit on that support network reach out to them talk to them but also have a bit of support from them and then return it when they need it and I'm feeling a bit better um but also reminding myself to be kind to myself when I need to take it slow and yeah it comes back to what we were saying earlier about you can have a tendency to just feel like you're being lazy and that you don't deserve to rest and that you should keep going so that you are enough but just taking that time to go no I'm having a really bad health day I don't have anything pressing today so I'm going to have a day of nothing so that I'm my best self tomorrow um and that is way easier said than done. I'm not an expert at that, nor have I kind of perfected that. But it's something we all aim for, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's so hard, isn't it? I think that inner voice is is quite heavy and it is difficult to be completely compassionate with yourself because there's always things to be done. And it's learning that self-compassion, that kindness and the way you speak to yourself as if you were a friend. Trying to get that right is, is really key. But I think I don't think anyone ever gets it perfect I think particularly when you're not feeling well as well you tend to be more critical of yourself I think having um pain having tiredness and exhaustion it actually makes your brain a bit more critical and that can be and be difficult to manage as well but having that aim to try and be kind to yourself is brilliant and it's great to hear you've got such a good support network as well having people in your in your immediate group of friends and family who understand can make all the difference and um, do you generally tell your customers and suppliers about your health issues or is it something you tend to keep to yourself in general? Yeah, so it really depends. Um, I've started to talk more openly on LinkedIn about my conditions, but it's not really the focus of my content. So if people have been following me for a little while or have noticed those posts and read them, then they'll definitely know. Um, like I did a LinkedIn Live, I've done a couple of LinkedIn Lives about it um, with different people. But for the most part, it doesn't really come up and uh, not necessarily because I'm hiding it, but more because it becomes slightly irrelevant in that I will still deliver for the clients regardless. And so rather than worry them with a condition they might not understand, I just know that when I set my timelines and when I set my workload, I have to factor in that flexibility. So um, naturally, when businesses are really busy, they'll always set time timelines that they know they can achieve so that might mean adding a week on and I suppose with chronic conditions when you're running a business you set your busy bar lower so when you hit that you know that you need to be adding weeks onto timelines for clients so the expectations um, are there and you can definitely meet them even with those bad health days and then if you end up it's, it's that kind of phrase of it's better to underpromise and overachieve than overpromise and not deliver. So, um, yeah, it doesn't really come up. You know, if I, I have an inquiry, it doesn't come up. But if they read it on my LinkedIn and ask about it, then we'll discuss it. Um, yeah. Brilliant. And I think um, I think that's the key, isn't it? I have a lot of people who I speak with who are concerned that they're not going to be able to meet their deadlines and then are going to have to explain their health condition to their customers. But it's what you say about under promising and over delivering it can make all the difference and I think building that into your model and understanding that on a day-to-day -day basis that you need to have extra time just in case means that your clients will be happy because if, if you deliver earlier then they're going to be delighted um, it doesn't matter 
that you you scheduled a longer time but it can make all the difference to you to take that pressure off yeah definitely and I think when things get busier and stuff as well are kind of depending on what business you have you can rely on other freelancers to kind of you know you can outsource some of that and I talk openly about working with different freelancers and stuff when I do so um that's something that again is not a hidden thing but occasionally it will be that different freelancers are working on different things together and I think that collaboration is lovely if you're running a business where you can collaborate and you can pull in someone else to help pick up I don't really want to say the slack because that feels like a negative word but to help kind of be your team to deliver that for that client then that's another thing you can look at setting up if you're worried about not meeting stuff on your own yeah absolutely and I think that collaboration is a great thing because it works both ways doesn't it you're you're supporting them and they're supporting you and having that team that somebody in your corner can really help get through through those difficult days yeah yeah and have you learned any important lessons along your business journey would you say probably a lot (laughs) (laughs) um so kind of more general ones like uh it's good enough and done is better than perfect and pending and that's there are many versions of that phrase and that's my really good friend Karen who has kind of phrased it that way and constantly reminds me of that that nothing's ever going to be perfect and it's always going to remain pending if it is so just just get it out there just get started is probably the biggest piece of advice that I fall back on all of the time um but specifically around kind of chronic illness and running a business I would say there are loads of people out there just like you and it running your own business tends to attract people with chronic illness because of the flexibility and because of how well it can work around any medical appointments you have or any flare-ups you have um so actually you'll find the more you talk to people they've got hidden disabilities and conditions that you don't notice but the more you start to open that conversation up the more you realize like oh actually yeah you you're running a really successful business and you have a condition like mine too um and find them and learn from them and you know network with them because you'll find you'll feel like you're in your space and your community um and I guess a third one would be coaching so I always dismissed coaching because I thought it was very cliche and American like oh go get your coach and you'll change your life but I decided to give it a go I got to know the coaches beforehand and I really liked the way they worked And honestly, it was really, really great. It was so much better than I thought. And they process through things with you so well and take you from, they change your mindset. They really do about different things and it's all tailored to you. So um, especially when we're battling stuff with our own chronic condition and the mindset around that, um, you can only imagine battling that and battling business mindset on your own. So getting a coach in your corner, if you can kind of afford the investment or when you can, is something that I probably wish I did sooner because I've like enjoyed the benefits from it um, ever since. Absolutely. I think you can't underestimate the amount of value you'll get from a coach or a mentor because as you say, a lot of it is mindset. When, when you've got your own business, you're not being told what to do. You have to everything yourself and you have to to motivate yourself and know what to be working on and it's sometimes when you're sitting at your computer and 
you've got a to-do list which is 100 lines long and you just don't know where to start you end up not doing anything but having that person in your corner that you can speak to and work through all your thoughts can really help to encourage you to make the right choices and to develop as, as a business owner and as, as you say it's particularly when you have a chronic illness and there's a tendency to be a bit hard on yourself not take the breaks when you need it just having that reflected back to you by somebody else can can make a huge difference yeah and so great advice there thank you and do you think that there are any improvements that we as a society can make towards people living with chronic illnesses yeah definitely I think there are things that we could teach in schools um not just around chronic conditions but also around sort of neurodiversity and mental health um to kind of help shape more understanding adults because if you start with kids by the time they're adults they're going to understand more and I think it comes down to that it's all about understanding um the more people understand and the more they take time to really understand I think the better accommodations will be made just naturally in society and there are great social media accounts out there that are doing some awareness stuff already. Um, and I think they kind of help with things like sometimes if you don't have a chronic condition, you can accidentally say stuff like, I, I'm tired too. And you think that you're being helpful and empathetic, but at the same time, you're not understanding quite the tiredness that someone with chronic fatigue feels. And so having that understanding and just being open to kind of being wrong sometimes or learning more because until you know you don't know so taking that time to understand and knowing that it's okay to ask questions um to the person or people who are struggling is also really great so saying i don't know what you need but i know that you know what you need so how can we help um and an example of that is i went to an awards event a couple of years ago and whilst the um hosts of the event didn't necessarily say what can we do to help I knew that they would be accommodating so it was a standing up awards event and I knew it was going to last like four or so hours and that was just going to be agony for me so I emailed them before and I said um hey like just so you know I've got this condition is it possible that some chairs would be made available so that if I need to, I can just perch for a bit, like, you know, regain some energy and strength because it's going to be painful otherwise. Um, and they said, yeah, absolutely. And on the day there were chairs all around the edge. And actually a lot of people found them really useful because people who didn't necessarily speak up beforehand or expected there to be chairs already then used them. So it's, it's, kind of going yeah do you know what we didn't think about that but now you've mentioned it we'll do it or saying we don't know what you need what can we do for you it just all helps build that understanding and people with chronic conditions are the ones that know what they need best yeah very much so and I think um a lot of people do try and make assumptions about what somebody needs rather than asking and um, they, they might know somebody who's got the same condition and they they know what they need so they assume that you'll need the same thing but everybody with chronic conditions experiences them in different ways even if it's exactly the same chronic condition so asking is such a great thing to do I, it's funny because I had um, a similar experience um I was in my other business I was running a affair working at a fair um to, to sell my bath bomb kits and I contacted them in advance to ask for seating and I was completely dismissed. Oh, no, nobody um, ever needs seats. Why do you need a seat? <laughs> I was like, I should just be able to just ask and get something like that. It's a simple 
simple request and you just don't know what somebody's going through so having that openness to accept requests like that and deal with them without questioning should be should be available I think yeah absolutely definitely and uh, asking for a chair isn't asking for the world is it (laughs) (laughs) you know as you say it doesn't just benefit the person with a chronic illness a lot of people do benefit from adjustments that are made for people with chronic illnesses so as you said earlier other people were, were very happy to, to sit down for a little while to take the pressure off their feet. And if you hadn't have asked for that, they might not have thought. So it benefits a lot of people. And that, that's the same with um, reasonable adjustments at work. They can often benefit the wider employee community, not just the person who needs it. Yeah, absolutely. And that all comes down to both with chronic conditions and kind of neurodiversity, that often it's an amplification of something that's normal so if you ask someone to stand for an hour two hours three hours four hours eventually it would become painful it's just if you have a chronic condition that happens sooner and is a bit more painful and the same with kind of overwhelmed with noise and lights and stuff eventually if you're in a room with lots of flashing lights and lots of noise you're gonna have enough but people who are neurodiverse will likely reach that sooner and feel it deeper so making adjustments for those people will naturally help make you know adjustments for everybody else so it's definitely what's good as an adjustment is good for all normally yeah absolutely well fantastic it's been brilliant to hear all your story today um at the end of my podcast I always ask a couple of questions um the first one is who inspires you so probably my business friends inspire me the most and because they're doing what I want to do and what I am doing as well um and a lot of those people also have chronic conditions so um I mean I'll give them a little shout out (laughs) Um, the kind of business friends who inspire me and there are so many but a few that come to mind are um Karen she runs Thatch Creative um Louisa who runs uh it's called Ingenious Corner where she does kind of mentoring and stuff but she also runs Inclusion, which is a business community who are all accepting of everyone with different kinds of conditions, which is brilliant. Um, and also Erin, who is a virtual assistant. So there are like the way that they run their businesses and the way that they stay positive and reach for goals and stuff is just really inspiring. Oh, amazing. And it's lovely to hear that you've built up these relationships and can help one another. Yeah. And um, can you recommend either a business book or podcast that our listeners might enjoy? Yeah, so I'm not a huge business book person, so I'll go for podcast. Um, <laughs> I, the friend I just mentioned, actually, Erin, she has just launched her Women in Business podcast. So I believe if you search, I think, Erin Buck Women in Business, then you'll find it. It's kind of yellow and green and pink and really colourful. Um, and she's interviewing different women in business and their stories and stuff. So a really great listen. Oh, amazing. Thank you for sharing that with us. And if Alice wants to get in contact or to follow you on socials, could you just share where they can find you, please? Yeah. So uh, our website is bloom-creative co.uk and on instagram it's at bloom.creative.uk um, or on linkedin which is where i'm most active it's just amy waters and um if you search amy waters bloom creative i should come up to the top that's amazing and i'll post all your details on the show notes so thank you so much amy well it's been a real pleasure speaking to you today amy thank you so much for joining us 
and I'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you have a chronic illness and either run a business or want to, then come and join our free and friendly Facebook group, Entrepreneurs Against the Odds. To sign up to my newsletter or to learn more about how my business mentoring services can help you grow your business and make it work better with your health, check out my website at www.excelagainsttheodds.co.uk. Have a great week.